9. Growth Hormone What is it that helps a newborn baby weighing 3 kilograms, 6 pounds, and only 50 centimeters, 19 inches, tall to turn into an adult weighing around 80 kilograms, 176 pounds, and some 1.80 meters, 6 feet, tall over 20 to 25 years? The answer to that question lies hidden in growth hormone, a miraculous molecule secreted by the pituitary gland. Growth in the body takes place in two different ways. Some cells simply increase their volume, while others divide and multiply, creating more of themselves. But growth hormone directs and brings about both of these processes. Growth hormone affects all the body's cells. Every cell knows the meaning of the message secreted by the pituitary gland. If it needs to grow, it does so, and if commanded to divide and multiply, it does so. For example, the heart of a newborn baby is about 1 16th the size of an adult's. Yet it contains the same number of cells as an adult heart. Growth hormone affects the heart cells one by one during their developmental stage. Every cell develops to the extent commanded by the growth hormone. Thus it is that the heart grows and eventually reaches an adult size. While the baby is still in the mother's womb, at the end of the sixth month of gestation, the multiplication of nerve cells in the heart comes to an end. From this stage on, from birth and until adulthood, the number of cardiac nerve cells remains fixed. Growth hormone commands the nerve cells to grow in volume, not in number, and the nervous system thus achieves its final state with the end of the growth phase. Other cells in the body those of muscle and bone cells, for instance divide and multiply throughout the developmental stage. Once again, it is growth hormone that informs these cells how much they need to grow. That being the case, we have to ask the following question. How does the pituitary gland knows the requisite formula for cells to divide or grow? This is a very miraculous phenomenon. Because a parcel of tissue no larger than a chickpea governs all the cells in the body and provides for the growth of these cells, either by expanding their volume or by dividing and multiplying. Another question we need to ask ourselves is this. Why does this piece of tissue perform this task? Why do these cells spend their entire existence sending messages telling other cells to divide? At this point, the perfection of God's creation once again reveals itself. Cells in one tiny region ensure that trillions of other far-flung cells divide and grow within a regular order. Yet these cells have no way of perceiving, seeing the human body's symmetry from the outside, nor of knowing how much the bones and muscles still need to grow, nor what stage of the developmental process has been reached. These unconscious cells produce growth hormone inside the darkness of the body, without even knowing what they are doing and yet, also halt the process when the appropriate time comes. The system has been created so flawlessly that every phase of growth and the secretion of this hormone is kept under control at all times. The way that growth hormone commands some cells to increase their volume and others to multiply through division is an entirely separate miracle because the hormone that reaches both types of cell is exactly the same. However, the way that the cell receiving the hormone is to behave is encoded in its genes. Growth hormone issues the command to grow, but the way in which this process is to take place is written inside that cell. This once again demonstrates the might and majesty of creation in every point in the human body. Another very important detail here is yet another great miracle, 
the way that growth hormone affects all the body's cells. If some cells obeyed the growth hormone while others ignored or rebelled against it, then undesirable, even catastrophic consequences would result. For example, if cardiac cells were to increase in size, in the manner that growth hormone commands while bone cells in the ribs refused to multiply and increase their number and mass, then the expanding heart would be trapped in the narrow rib cage and slowly be crushed to death. Or if the nasal bone continued growing while the skin stopped, the nasal bone would break through the skin and come to the surface. The harmonious growth of muscles, bones, skin and other organs is ensured by the obedience of each individual cell to the growth hormone. The growth hormone also gives the command for the development of cartilage at the ends of the bones. This cartilage is like a template for the newborn baby's body. So long as it does not grow, neither can the baby. Note 9. The cells in a bone lengthen it, but how can the cells know that this is necessary? If this bone thickens and only grows in diameter, then the legs will not grow longer, and the femur bone may even stretch the skin and erupt at the surface. However, our Almighty God has installed the information and all details regarding the human body inside the nucleus of every cell. Thus the bones lengthen and grow. Another miracle manifested by growth hormone concerns the time and the quantities in which it is released. Growth hormone is secreted in just the appropriate amounts and at those times when growth is most intense. This is vitally important, because if slightly more or slightly less hormone than necessary were released, it would give rise to most unwelcome consequences. Too little growth hormone being secreted leads to dwarfism, and too much being released leads to gigantism. Note 10, therefore, a very special system has been created to regulate the amount of growth hormone released in the body. The hypothalamus, regarded as the decision-making part of the pituitary gland, decides how much of the hormone should be secreted. When the time comes for growth hormone to be secreted, it sends a growth hormone-releasing hormone, known as GHRH, to the pituitary gland. When too much growth hormone accumulates in the bloodstream, the hypothalamus sends another message, via the hormone somatostatin, to the pituitary gland, slowing its release of growth hormone, note 11. How do the cells composing the hypothalamus know how much growth hormone there should be in the blood? How do they measure the levels of growth hormone there and take the appropriate decisions accordingly? In order to appreciate what a great miracle this actually is, consider the following analogy. Assume that using special technology yet to be invented, we have shrunk an entire human being down to the size of a cell. This tiny person has been placed inside a special capsule and inserted next to one of the cells in the region of the hypothalamus. This individual's job is to count the number of growth hormone molecules inside the capillary vessels before him. He must also determine whether their number has risen or fallen. It is well known that, there are thousands of different substances flowing past in the blood. Bearing in mind the structure of molecules, unless this lone individual has received special, expert biochemical training. It will be impossible for him to determine whether or not the compounds flowing past him belong to growth hormone. Yet it is essential that the person installed in the hypothalamus recognize every growth hormone molecule from among all the other thousands of molecules, because he must monitor the levels of growth hormone at all times.
How do hypothalamus cells perform a task which would be extremely difficult even for a human being of any size? How can they measure the amount of growth hormone, which is always present in the blood, even after skeletal growth stops, to maintain the division of cells? How do they distinguish between growth hormone and the countless other molecules? These cells have no eyes with which to recognize molecules, nor brains with which to analyze the results. Yet they carry out the task given them within the system established by God in a flawless manner. Thanks to this immaculate system, human beings have perfectly proportioned and aesthetically pleasing organs and bodies. God has created all things with perfect features. He is God the Creator, the Maker, the Giver of Form. To Him belong the most beautiful names. Everything in the heavens and earth glorifies Him. He is the Almighty, the All Wise. Quran chapter 59 verse 24. 10 The clock in our bodies that never goes wrong. As everyone is well aware, during adolescence the transitional stage between childhood and adulthood the body undergoes a large number of changes, many simultaneously. But what mechanism so accurately regulates the timing of and initiates these changes inside the bodies of billions of people? It is as if there were an alarm clock in the human body, and when the clock rings, certain hormones are awakened and go into action. There is no clock in the body, of course, but as we shall be seeing shortly in some detail, certain cells in the hypothalamus region of the brain go into action after a delay of some 12 to 13 years, just as if they had heard an alarm clock going off. At a specific age, cells in the hypothalamus begin secreting a hormone known as GnRH. This hormone issues a command to the pituitary gland to begin producing two hormones known as the follicle-stimulating hormone, FSH, and luteinizing hormone, LH. These two hormones have very important duties and miraculous abilities. Both initiate the process of diversification and maturation in both the male and female bodies. A very important detail because FSH and LH have each been designed to be compatible with the separate regions of the anatomy in which these respective changes are brought about. Both hormones also act as if they were well aware what they have to do. In the female body, FSH ensures the maturation and development of egg cells in the ovaries. Another of its duties is to ensure that the ovaries begin to secrete increased quantities of another very important hormone, estrogen. The hormone FSH is also secreted in the male body, according to the same formula. There, however, it has entirely different effects, stimulating the growth of the testes and initiating sperm production. In the female body, the task of LH is to ensure the release of the maturing egg. In addition, it ensures the secretion of another female hormone, progesterone. In the male body, of course, LH does a different job. It stimulates the so-called Leydig cells in the testes, which in turn ensures the secretion of the hormone testosterone. It is of course a great marvel that these same hormones should be produced according to the same formula, and yet have entirely different effects in the bodies of each gender. How do the hormones know the difference between the male and the female body? How is it that a hormone with the same formula stimulates different organs and ensures the production of testosterone in males and of progesterone in females? 
How do hormones produced according to the same formula recognize the masculine body and develop a deep voice and heavier musculature appropriate to that body, while producing characteristic changes in chemistry in the female body? How is this perfect genetic program that causes different effects and the formation of two different genders by way of the same hormone installed within the cell? All these phenomena are clearly independent of coincidence, the cell, or the atoms that constitute the cell. These arrangements in form specifically and individually tailored to men and women, reveal the existence of intelligent creation and in-depth planning. There can be no doubt that this creation belongs to God, the flawless creator of the universe and all things within it. Everyone who reflects on the perfection in creation must give thanks by calling on our Lord. Who created us from nothing? O humanity, worship your Lord, who created you and those before you, so that hopefully you will guard against evil. Quran chapter 2 verse 21. Praise be to God, the bringer into being of the heavens and earth, he who made the angels messengers, with wings two, three or four. He adds to creation in any way he wills. God has power over all things. Quran chapter 35 verse 1. 11. The miraculous molecule that regulates body temperature. As you'll know, the normal body temperature for all human beings is between 36.5 to 37 degrees Celsius, or 96 to 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. But have you ever wondered about the source of your body temperature and what maintains it at that constant level? Central heating systems are generally employed to keep our homes warm, with thermostats that regulate the temperature. The householder warms his home by turning the thermostat up to the desired level. But what exactly is the human body's central heating system? And how is that thermostat adjusted? The source of body heat is the 100 or so trillion cells in the human body. During the course of their activities, the cells emit a certain amount of heat. Which causes the body to warm up. But it is the hormone thyroxin, a tiny molecule that regulates with God's inspiration how much heat each of these microheaters should give off. In other words, thyroxin acts as a thermostat. The way a cell generates a specific level of heat as it operates, and that the total amount emitted by those roughly 100 trillion cells reaches the exact level required for healthy human life is a miracle all by itself. Somehow, Thyroxin molecules know how much heat each cell should give off, and how that heat is to be increased in itself. This is a miracle of creation. The secretion of the thyroxin is another miracle of creation. The moment the need for the hormone is felt, the hypothalamus, in effect, the brain of the hormonal system, sends a command via the thyroid-stimulating hormone or TSH to the pituitary gland, the conductor of the nervous system. Receiving this command, the pituitary gland realizes that the thyroid gland needs to go into action, and so it immediately dispatches a command in the form of thyrotropin or thyroid gland-stimulating hormone to the thyroid gland. The thyroid, the final link in this chain of command, immediately produces the hormone thyroxin in accord with the chemical instruction reaching it, and distributes it throughout the entire body by way of the bloodstream. It is not only the duty of the hormone thyroxin that is so very important, but also the level at which it is secreted. But how is that level determined? How is it that neither too much nor too little of this hormone is secreted into the blood, 
apart from in times of sickness and fever. What determines the level at which thyroxin is secreted is a special system created by God with his infinite knowledge, consisting of two separate measurement and feedback mechanisms. Both mechanisms are the result of matchless engineering design. When the level of thyroxin in the bloodstream rises above normal, thyroxin produces a very significant effect on the pituitary gland. It reduces the pituitary gland sensitivity to TSH, the thyroid secretion hormone. If you think about it, a most marvelous structure is plain to see. The hormone TSH's task is to set the pituitary gland in action and send a message to the thyroid gland which represents the second link in the chain of command established for the production of the hormone thyroxin. The system has been planned in such great detail that the increased thyroxin takes a most intelligent measure to prevent any excess production of itself, and so interrupts the chain of command responsible for that production. Thus it is automatically able to slow down the production of thyroxin when the level of thyroxin in the bloodstream rises above normal. There's a second system that also determines the level of production of thyroxin. Increased thyroxin affects the hypothalamus cells, which then reduce the production of TSH and thyroxin production is slowed accordingly. When the level of thyroxin in the blood decreases, the system works in the opposite direction. Aware that the level of thyroxin has gone down, the hypothalamus produces more TSH, which increases thyroxin production. We now need to ask the following questions. How does thyroxin know that the chain of command for thyroxin production must be interrupted? How do the hypothalamus cells know that hormone secretion must be interrupted when thyroxin rises, but that they need to produce more when the thyroxin levels decline? How did this precisely efficient system first come into being? To imagine that such a finely planned procedure arose by chance is even more irrational than to claim that a computer and all its programs came into existence by chance. That is because just as with a computer, in order for this system to function, literally hundreds of other specially planned details which we have not gone into here must take place at the molecular level. It is obvious that it is Almighty God, with His sublime intelligence and might, who has created this system. God's knowledge pervades all places. My Lord encompasses all things in His knowledge so will you not pay heed? Quran chapter 6 verse 80 12 An Extraordinarily Delicate Balance Thanks to the amazing systems we examined in the preceding chapter, the hormone thyroxin is secreted at a guaranteed level. In addition, however, yet another extraordinary system maintains the level of thyroxin in the blood stable, in the face of any emergency situation. The molecules of thyroxin that the thyroid gland releases into the bloodstream are attached to a transporter molecule specially created for that task alone. Traveling through the bloodstream in that form, they are unable to perform their function so long as they are bonded to the transporter molecule. Out of any 10,000 thyroxin molecules in the blood, only four will be present in an unattached form. These are the four molecules of thyroxin that affect cells' metabolic rates. Note 12. When these free thyroxin molecules enter the cells, new thyroxin molecules separate from the transporters to replace them. Thus the thyroxin molecules attached to the transporter molecules serve as a kind of storage depot.
and the requisite thyroxine is always kept ready for immediate use. This level of thyroxine necessary to affect the cells is based on a very delicate balance. To avoid the possible consequences if the amount of thyroxine acting on the cells increases or decreases beyond the level of 4 in 10,000. Inevitably, therefore, we should ask the following questions. By what mechanism are these trillions of molecules counted? How is it determined that a proportion of only 4 molecules in 10,000 is ideally suited to human health? How is it calculated that the remaining 9,996 molecules need to remain in a bonded, inactive state? How can the body determine that those four thyroxine molecules circulating in the blood vessels have declined in number and that other molecules need to be released to replace them? How have these extraordinary mathematical calculations and the system based on those calculations functioned to perfection for thousands of years in all the human beings who have ever lived? This example is without doubt just one of the countless proofs that Almighty God rules all worlds, whether visible to our eyes or not, and enfolds all things. He encompasses what is in their hands and has counted the exact number of everything. Quran chapter 72 verse 28